Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is what marketing should originators do in 2022? I have the perfect guest for this topic, Shondell Varciana. Shondell is president of Varsi Media, a blogging company for financial institutions. Prior to that, she had a long history uh, in mortgage banking and banking. Hi, Shondell. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited about this topic because I think it's so relevant. But before we kind of jump into it, let's talk about how did you get into mortgage banking and the world of underwriting and all the other things that you used to do in the banking world? So I, I got into mortgage banking at 18. I used to do telemarketing for, that was my first job in Bank of Montreal. I'm from Canada. So that's that's where I, I got started. And it was really just inbound calling people that had questions with regards to online banking and things like that. And then I just worked my way up into the bank and then I became an underwriter and then a sales manager. I've been a loan officer. I've held several positions in the bank and then I left there and I started working at Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. So they're the same thing as PMI here uh, in the US. So then I started, they insure mortgages for banks for people who have less than 20% to put down. So I worked there and that gave me the opportunity to pretty much work for all of the financial institutions in Canada, I was working with credit unions, mortgage companies, you know, banks. And yeah, and then eventually I just decided to open up my own business and still working with financial institutions. That's kind of how we are. And then I just brought the business from Canada to, we're located in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Okay, great. Uh, talk about the challenges that you have as a business owner. So we've been in business here in the U.S. for about seven years now. And I would say the challenges that we have are, are more just explaining to potential customers the importance of consistent content. I think a lot of them get why they need content, but some of them are still not, they haven't grasped the importance of consistency because it's a new way of marketing for a lot of financial institutions. So it's a complete mindset shift. Um, a lot of them used to just kind of advertise in newspapers and things like that. And, you know, nobody reads that anymore. Everybody's online. So it's the shift of them understanding that um, you have to be where your ideal customer is. And if you're not, you just will not get the business. It's really that simple. So they're starting to see that. But I think they also under, it's also important to understand that you have to consistently be where your customers are, not, you know, once a month or whenever you feel like it. You have to always be where they are, engaging with them, answering their questions, creating content that's going to resonate with them. But that, that's definitely been just something we've continuously been working on and continue to work on today. So when you look at the top lessons, you've had a, the wonderful career of actually being in banking and now with your own business selling to banks. What's some of the top lessons? I'm sure they apply from both sides of it, but what have you learned over the years? Uh, so I've learned um, because I've been on both sides of the fence. What I found, because I used to, before I started my business, I blogged for two years unpaid. I was just, you know, I, I'd paid off a couple mortgages. So I was really just helping other people who were looking to get a mortgage, looking to buy property, things like that. I created a blog just to give people just some advice on how to do that, how to pay your mortgage off quickly and things like that. And what I realized when I was blogging was that people were coming to me for advice, not because I had worked in a bank, but because they wanted to know about my experience. They were coming to me for advice because I was where they were, not because I was an employee of a bank. And that's when I realized there was a huge disconnect between 
all of the information that's in financial institutions and how that's getting out to their ideal customer. They could care less that I worked in a bank. What they cared about was that I was in front of them, engaging with them, answering their questions. And, and I always think the bank should be doing that, not me. I was doing it because I, you know, I was just wanting to help people because of my experience. But the banks really should be doing that because the people that were asking me for advice are the bank's ideal customers, right? They want to know how to get a mortgage. They want to know, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't know what an amortization was. You know, it was very eye-opening when I was on the other side of the fence. And I realized that, you know, they don't really care who's in front of them. They just want somebody in front of them answering their questions. But the best people to answer those questions are the experts, which are the people working in the financial institutions. Well, I love that because that's actually kind of some of the reasons when I started my own business, I saw the gap. That's really what you're talking about. But in our world of mortgages, there are always constant changes. Obviously, you're dealing with blogging and social media. There's constant changes. How do you stay current with all of that? By being where your customers are. That's what I was saying before. You've got to be where your customers are. So if your customers Wherever they congregate is where you need to be. So if your customers are on Facebook, you need to join Facebook groups where you can target them more. For example, let's say, you know, an institution wants to target first-time homebuyers. Well, there are a ton of first-time homebuyer groups that you should be just a fly on the wall and just go in. Because th when you think about it, right, let's say you find a first-time homebuyer Facebook group and there's like 8,000 people in there. Everybody in there has either purchased a home or is interested in purchasing a home. That is where you need to be because all of those people are interested in buying a home. And if you're targeting people who are buying a home, that's where you need to be, wherever they're congregating, wherever they're hanging out, because you being in there, you'll start to see patterns. If you even just take 10 minutes a day and hang out where your ideal customer is, you start to hear the same questions. You start to hear the same complaints, the same misconceptions. And that helps you to get to know your ideal customer and build relationships with them. And that helps you stay on top of what they're talking about, what they don't like, what they like, changes that are happening with your target audience. Because that's really what it comes down to is you consistently getting to know them and serving them with the products that you have if you have products to serve them. And that's how you get the business. That's how you build a relationship. But this needs to be done continuously over a period of time. And then really that's where your content ideas should be coming from whatever it is your ideal customer is talking about. So it's really a holistic approach. I never recommend just kind of coming up with topics and writing about them or doing video or however, whatever type of content you're producing. The content you're producing always needs to be based on what it is your ideal customer wants. What are they talking about? What questions do they have? That's what your content should be about because that's what's going to resonate with them. And you know it's going to resonate with them because that's what they're talking about. So it is a holistic approach. Well, that's a great point, which uh, is really a great lead-in to delve into our topic today. So what are the things that a loan officer from a marketing standpoint, certainly what I see when being involved with originators is that they're all over the place with this. So what are some of the things that you think a loan officer should be doing and talk about what that really looks like? I think a loan officer, depending on who they're targeting, because even if you're targeting home buyers, there's so many different areas within home buying. You know, you could be targeting first time home buyers. You could be targeting repeat buyers, people who are wanting a second home. You could also be targeting uh, real estate investors. Those are three completely different audiences. So I would say narrow down exactly who it is you want to target and then go hang out where they are and stay there, like hang out there all the time so you can get to know them, build relationships with them 
and then you create content based on what they're talking about while you're hanging out with them. So that's talking about the end bar, but what if from a loan officer standpoint, obviously the start of the real estate sequence is with a realtor. How would you kind of suggest to develop the relationships with those people and what marketing activities do you think works best? Well, if you're if you're wanting to target real estate agents, I think it's the same thing. You, you go hang out where real estate agents hang out and kind of help build those relationships with them because you're going to need to figure out how to add value to a real estate agent. Why should they choose you over another loan officer? And that providing value to whoever it is you want to give you business really comes down to building a relationship with them. What is it that they want? Are they looking for a loan officer that's going to be able to help their client get an, a quicker approval? Do their, Are their target clients people who have beacon scores of less than 600? So really, it comes down to you getting to know them and what they want and then see how you can provide that to them. Because some real estate agents only target a particular audience. So if that's the same audience you wanna target, then you've gotta find out what that real estate agent, what do they want a loan officer for? Is it to get deals done quickly? Is it to help their customers because their customers ha don't have the best credit? So you're gonna have to do a little bit of digging to find out exactly what they want. But your goal should always be, how could I help this real estate agent get more business how could i make how could i make things easier for them if they get customer how could i get that mortgage loan approved faster or how could i help their customer that has less you know than stellar credit but you'll only know that once you get to know the real estate agent that's why regardless of who you're targeting you've got to hang out where they are to find out what it is they want and then you can ask yourself do i have what it is they want and how could i help them because that's how it's always give first give first and then you'll get and you can only give first if you know what people want. So Chanda, why don't you talk about effective marketing? Let's assume you, you've done all the hangout side and you kind of understand what they want. A lot of times what I see is that lenders will have the same marketing email that goes out to everybody and their uncle. And I know myself, I received the same message from different people. And I do think the mortgage world and banking world has fixated on a same message and then there's no uniqueness to it. There's nothing personalized. Talk about from a marketing standpoint, how do you customize and, and why that's important? The customization comes from knowing your customer. I know I may sound like a broken record, but really that's what it is. The reason why the information that you're getting or the emails you're getting is not customized is because they don't know you. Right. So they can't. It, right? If they know you, then they can customize it to what it is you like. Again, just going back to you have to know your audience. And you remember I was saying earlier how even if you're targeting home buyers, there's so many different kinds of home buyers. You, you've got different segments within the home buying sector, and you've got to speak to each of them individually. You can't have one piece of content that is speaking to a first-time home buyer, a repeat buyer, and a real estate investor, because you'll lose the other two, if the main focus is first-time home buyers, right? A real estate investor already knows what a first-time home buyer would, would want to know. So they're not going to read that. They're not going to listen to that, or they're not going to watch the video. So you you'd ha you have to know your customers in order to customize the content, because if the, con if the content is not customized, it's not going to resonate. And if the content doesn't resonate, they're not going to buy. 
So when you look at this issue, and I see it all the time since I conduct a lot of sales training courses, is that there is a belief that that's not their job as an originator. Their job is to know products and and structuring and pricing. And the marketing component isn't really focused on. And that obviously is a big mistake. But talk about this effort. Shouldn't this be like an annual review of who your ideal customer is? Talk about the mechanics of that. And then speak about how you really do that in your business where you're doing um, blogging for institutions? Yes, it should be something that is discussed on the onset, uh, who you're targeting, because it's kind of like, you know, if you leave your house and you want to go to, uh, we're, I'm in Georgia, if I leave here and I want to go to Tennessee and I don't have the roadmap to get to Tennessee, if I don't have the directions to get there, I probably will never get there, right? So it's the same type of thing when it comes to uh, the importance of knowing who you're targeting, because if you don't know who you're targeting, how are you ever going to serve them if you don't know what they like, if you don't know what they want? You, you can't really help someone if you don't know who they are and what they want, right? So it's the, it's the same, same philosophy. You've, you've got, you have to know who your audience is or else you're not going to be able to help them, right? You're not going to be able to ha- help them with a particular product if you don't know who they are and if you don't know what they want. Before we start writing for any of our clients, we do, I think it's like seven or eight pages, but we go through what we have a client content brief. So it's like a a one-on-one session we have before we even start writing for our clients. And we go through their background, who they are, the message that they're wanting to put out and who their ideal customer is. Because really what we're doing is we're bridging the gap between who our customers are, who our clients are, the products they have, and who their ideal customer is and what they want. So that's the gap we're bridging through blog post. That's kind of a high level of how it's done, but we have to get to know the the client, the bank, the credit union, as well as we have to get to know their audience. So we could write a So talk about blogging and blogging, you certainly uh, specialize in it and certainly talk about what it's all about. Talk about, can anyone just blog? Obviously, there's people that try it but never do anything really consistently. And talk about the impact it has and really how powerful it is. I mean, there's so many different kinds of blogs. We specialize in business blogging, but there's personal blogs where I started out doing personal blogs when I started my blogging myself. But yeah, we write mainly business blogs, so for financial institutions. And The reason why they're powerful is because of the work that is done behind the scenes with the blog. So if you're writing, if we're writing a, you know, a blog post for one of our clients and nobody knows that it's on their website, then it's not effective. It's dead content is what I would call it. It's kind of look at content like, for example, Netflix, right? Netflix has a bunch of original movies and TV shows, but if they don't have any subscribers, then nobody watches the TV shows and nobody watches the movies. It's the same thing with blog content. It's just another form of content in the written word. So if nobody is subscribed, you know, the bank's blogs, if they're not distributing it on social media, nobody's going to see it. So what happens behind the scenes in terms of how the content is distributed is what's going to determine whether the content is effective or not. And then there's other things that has to be done like search engine optimization. So typically when we're writing, we're writing based on keywords that our our clients are targeting. So they could get ranked on Google so people will find the content and so forth. So we're writing effective content based on what people are searching for. So it, it really is an entire marketing plan, but it has to be marketed and it has to be distributed in order for people to find it. 
So talk about the length of words that are, what is research saying about what is the length of a blog? There has been conversations and research that said short works, long works, it's all over the place. What do you find and what type of social media methods you find that actually do work? In other words, is it Facebook? Is it LinkedIn? What is your, what is your view on that? Our industry standard is around 750 words. The length of the content depends on the topic. It depends on what you're talking about. That determines the length. Like if it's something that has to be fleshed out more, you know, very detail oriented, has to be explained, then you, you're probably going to need long form content. So it really depends on what the topic is, what you're talking about. That is what determines the length. Both work. It just, it really just depends. There's not really a, a a one word answer, or there's not really one answer, I should say, when it comes to the length of content. It really depends on what the topic is and what you're talking about and the message that you're trying to to get across. Yeah, Shandell, so where is the best place for the blog to be? Is it Facebook, LinkedIn? Let's do it with an email campaign. And are you using the blog and linking it to other things? What do you find actually works? Yes. So we suggest that when you're writing a blog post, repurpose it, use it in many different ways. Don't just write, it should always be on your website, but repurpose it, take snippets of it and put it on social media and have it link back to your website so people can subscribe. So social media, you should always be posting on social media, but you can take the content that's on your website and take snippets of it and post on social media always linking back to your website because the purpose of social media and engaging and putting content on there is so that they can come back to you so that they can subscribe because you don't own the audience on social media. You want them to come back and subscribe to your page so you can add them to your funnel and you know you own that audience once you've got their email address and their contact information. Repurpose the content anytime it's a blog post, but it should be on your website and then repurpose it for social media. So when you say a snippet, how long is a snippet? Is it a tweet um, <laughs> or longer? It could be a little bit long. A tweet is, I don't even remember how many characters. You could even post long form content on Facebook. I personally don't think long form content works on Facebook. People are scrolling. So you want to have like a sentence, the maximum two sentences and a sentence with, you know, maybe 12 words. I, I wouldn't go crazy with um, Facebook. And the other thing with Facebook is video works better on Facebook. So if you can convert a a blog post into a video or put a a quick snippet of the video. So you can put a quick snippet, like a a one-liner or a sentence, and then put a video and then have it linked back to your website. That would be a little bit more engaging. So that, I, I would suggest doing that as well. You can literally take a blog post and turn that into a video, or you can take a video and turn that into blog posts. So you could really repurpose the content and put it on social media, but short and sweet is the name of the game on social media, because keep in mind, people are scrolling. So when they're scrolling, they're probably not going to read an entire blog post in a newsfeed. It's got to be something that's going to capture their attention. Well, we only have a few minutes left, and this has been so wonderful, and I'm glad you shared because I think it's a topic that's not really understood very well. But what are a couple of takeaways that you would want our listeners uh, as far as marketing? And if you're a loan officer, what should that look like? Uh, I would just say, as I was saying earlier, is to really get to know your audience and create content based on what it is they want to know. Hang out where they are and then create content based on what they're talking about would be my biggest takeaway. And consistency, define that for us. You mentioned that many several times today. How often is consistency with this marketing effort? Daily. Oh, daily. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, daily, daily. There's just, I know that sounds like a lot, but you know, it doesn't really have to be a lot because I'm not, you don't even need to be posting every single day. You can schedule your post, right? There's many, many different services that are out there where you can create, you know, like 20 posts and just schedule them. So they go out right. every single day. You don't necessarily have to go in there and post every single day. You can take an hour, a couple hours, one day, one day a week and just, you know, create posts. And like I said, if you're blogging, you can take one 750 word blog post and create two weeks of posts from that. You can right. literally take information from that. That's where I was saying repurpose the content, repurpose content that you already have and create social media posts, schedule them out for the month. And then you don't have to be going in there and posting every single day. Right. But you should be on there every day to your audience. Right. No, that's a good point. And I think firms like, I know I use Hootsuite. So, I mean, I know there's lots of firms that do all the scheduling for you. Well, I want to thank you, Shondell, for really sharing such wisdom on this topic, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. And so I also appreciate all of you for listening today and spending time with us. Thanks so much, Shondell. You're so welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.